Today's episode is brought to you by Captain Morgan, the official captain of Against All Odds. We're raising our glasses of Captain Morgan and Ginger to all you captains out there. Whether you're a tugboat captain, captain of your intramural dodgeball team, or just live to have fun, you're all captains in our book. And no matter how you choose to live like a captain, Captain Morgan reminds you to please drink responsibly. Captain's orders. We're also brought to you by Yahoo Fantasy. Yahoo Daily Fantasy is starting the year off hot with a $500,000 fantasy football contest that has zero management fee. That means Yahoo is making nothing on this contest. Fewer players equals better odds for you. More than one in five people who play will double their money. Not a bad way to kick off the new year, huh? There's a limit of 10 entries per person, so don't miss this contest. Go to yahoo.com slash daily fantasy. Use promo code yahoo25 when you make your first deposit for $25 in free play. All right, welcome to Against All Odds, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. Oh, my God. Tate, I drove here, I, I, honestly, probably eight miles away. Well, I'm sorry. Master Tate Frazier's with us, yes. our CEO of the podcast from One Shining Podcast, here, so. GM Street. Thank you. I, I am, too, getting out of that traffic. You know, when it rains, it's rained for like four straight days in L.A., and people, it's just the most miserable drivers in the world. Yeah, nope. it's sort of like snow in the south out here. People just don't know how to act. It's so stupid. It really is. Everyone's crawling for no reason. It's not even trying. <laughs> they, they should take everyone's keys away. It's as if everyone is what you were like at my Halloween party. Just take everybody in L.A.'s keys. Just drop them at the uh, the bottom of the there basin of the There should be a separate driving test for people in the rain. Yeah, you're That's not sure. kidding. Ugh. On the line also, my gurus of gambling, my barons of betting, my wizards of wagering, my overlords of the odds, the degenerate trifecta, Harry, Brother Brian, Darren, the parlay kid. What's up, fellas? What's going on, Sal? Hey, Sal. <laughs> What's going on, buddy? We have so much. I'm getting depressed. I have to be honest. There's three games left. In a way, I'm like, oh, it'd be nice to not have to talk about football. But then what the hell? What the hell are we going to do? What are we going to do, Tate? When the, <laughs> when, when, the, when the talk, there's no talk. I heard this morning, I think I heard Colin Coward or someone this talk, the the Panthers' new owner said, Tepper, yeah. said he wouldn't mind sitting Cam Newton next year, 2019. Yeah, they're tanking for Zion, I think. What do you think? You're, you're uh, they're tanking for Zion? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Can he throw the ball? Yeah, I haven't I seen him know. throw. We'll figure it out. We'll, we'll Slam we'll, that. Play defense, take Julius Pepper's spot, something like that. You don't seem too upset by this. I think uh, it was like on an AM radio station and uh, to like the print newspapers when he was talking, so... Uh, I want to see it on video. I got I to gotta see the tape for uh, me to believe it. You don't believe it was no, the guy's I, voice? I, I think he was just saying, in, in general, he was willing to sit him like Andrew Luck did. All right. Well, I mean, to me, I'd be gotta depressed. got to preserve greatness, you know? Yeah. got to preserve our MVP quarterback. Right, Parley Kid? <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Although, I thought the guy who started the last game was probably better than Cam Newton. <laughs> Parley Kid has, uh, has a problem with all Tate's local heroes, I think. Who, was, who were we arguing about yesterday? Mays or someone? Yeah, Luke May. Uh, I think Luke we all May. agree on May. Yeah, I think we all agree. There. That's the thing. I was actually surprised to see Mays uh, on UNC that his, his stats were as good as they were, considering Tate absolutely hammers this guy all the time. Mm. I call him Lift May. He just gives you a nice little ride to the basket, and he lifts your stats for the day. You know what I mean? He just does everything <laughs> right. he can. I like that. You, I could, like that. you could hear uh, – Tate demolishes players on one shining <laughs> podcast. Uh, he's on GM Street. Not with, my players. <laughs> not yours. Not your guys. <laughs> with uh, with uh, Mike Lombardi. That's winding down. Oh man, we have so much. And like I said, only three games left. Two this weekend. We're gonna go over those. We're gonna go over some maybe uh, some special props. Kyler Murray props. 
Jeff Schwartz is going to join us. I love this guy. Because I'll tell you what, we do shows and I listen to shows and I watch shows and it's all about cookie cutter. It's all about the the fantasy players and what's Mahomes going to do to Tyree Kill and what's this one going to do? Jeff Schwartz was a lineman. He played in the trenches and his brother is playing for the Chiefs this weekend. And I want to hear about some of these offensive line, defensive line matchups. You know, a couple of us went wrong. We saw, I think a lot of us like the Chargers. A lot of us like the Colts. At least to keep these games close last week. Those guys got blasted at the offensive line position. I want to hear from Jeff Schwartz. I know the Chargers had some injuries, but we're going to hear from Jeff Schwartz later on. We're going to jump into the mailbag, and then these guys are going to give their best bets. There's a lot going on. So let's actually talk about last week first, these best bets. Parlay Kid, what did you have? You had a, you had a nice parlay. I liked it. I jumped on board with you, and we lost. Yeah, we had Cowboys plus seven and the Saints money line. So. Mm-hmm. For that parlay, and uh, once again, Cowboys let us down. You were at the game, Sal. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you get the opinion that that uh, the Cowboys seem totally fine with losing that game. I get the opinion. Yeah. The, uh, between the coaches, the players, even a lot of fans, even their number one fan, like, LeBron James, who went and celebrated with the, oh, the opposing yeah, team after hanging out in the yeah in, in the Rams locker room. Everybody seemed to. I feel like all is way too good in Cowboy land. And once again, after the loss, we got to read articles about teams saying, oh, it's so easy to figure the Cowboys out, yeah. basically, right? Right. It's so easy. Uh, we, you know, we had Alan Hearns, uh, their, their own receiver, midway through the year, basically saying, our offense is like elementary level. Mm-hmm. And now at the end, uh, we, you know, we're praising Chris uh, Richard or Richard, mm-hmm. uh, the defensive coordinator, a co defensive coordinator. He calls the plays. Um, yep. Basically, having his defense get shredded, yeah. and then you hear that uh, the Rams knew exactly based on their alignment what they were going to do every time, so they knew exactly where to run the ball. It's embarrassing, and everybody seems like okay with it. Like, hey, we're young. How yeah. many years now have we heard? Well, we're young. Like, it's. I ran this into is, uh, this is football. You got to take advantage of it when you have the chance. I ran into Mark Schlereth, uh, obviously all pro, former All Pro lineman, like in the halls yep. of uh, Fox Sports, and I said, well, "What do you think of this story about the Cowboys? The defense, uh, their their defensive plays, their schemes being read before we can even even showed them." And he's like, "That's the Cowboys for you. That, that that goes on." He says, "Around the league, everywhere, there's not a lot of tells, but Cowboys are one of those teams that have those tells." Yeah, it sucked. It definitely sucked being there, having to drive home from that. Uh, I oh. said on Simmons' podcast, my, my son's now 0-4 and watching Cowboys games. And it did seem like, but I'll tell you what, Polly Kid, I don't know if you feel the same way. Uh, well, first of all, two things. We're big Romo fans. We're not going to hire this. And as, uh, yeah, yeah. as Prescott racked up the playoff wins, I think it would have been a little sadder and sadder seeing you know all, all the crap we would get for being Romo right. supporters. All this. The second thing is Rams were a better team. I don't. It doesn't kill me to lose to a better team. I thought we should have beat the Packers a couple of years ago, um, but I, I don't mind as much losing uh, to the better team. And also, Dak really close to throwing that pick six and then taking a delay oh. game pre- penalty right after that. That that really could right. have been it. Could have been over early. But you had them and, and the Saints, and I jumped on that, and it was it was a loser. Well, so you don't mind losing to the better team. Yeah. You. you- you mind not covering to the better team. Right. right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, cover the spread. Oh, Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett, though, if you haven't had enough of Jason Garrett, he'll be coaching the Pro Bowl uh, opposite Anthony Lynn. So uh, look for that next week. Now, Harry, you did a funny thing. You took the Cowboys money line, the ultimate troll job, right? What do you think of that, Tate? 
He knew what he was doing. He took oh, the yeah. Cowboys money line. I didn't jump on that. Not like he even bet it. He just wanted to just put it out there. Didn't bet it. Didn't root for He's them. Still out celebrating the Cowboys. Yeah. Loss, I'm pretty sure. Good job. Well, Adam. You know, <clears throat> Cowboys did get their one playoff win, so had to put a stop to it. Had to make sure nothing goes on even crazy after that. Sure. And midway through, I think midway through the third, Parley Kid did text me after they fell down 15. I think he 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 thought it was over. I think he texted me exactly saying. This is done. Right. He didn't have any faith at that point. And uh, when, when Parlay Kid didn't have any faith, I knew that it was a definite L. And uh, thank God the Cowboys don't move on. And I think now it doesn't. With that win against Seattle, though, Dak has as many playoff wins mm. as Tony Romo does. See? Correct? Yeah, I guess so. And you probably, yeah. because you watch a lot of sports. Technically, he has a half more because that Detroit game right. counts the half. Right, yeah, right. Seattle win yeah. doesn't count. Right, I know. Now, and you think they're probably about the same in, in ability, right? You're a big sports fan. You should be able to tell it, right? Yeah? Uh, yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. Whatever. Look, <laughs> one and a half playoff nice wins all that time. That's mm-hmm. all I'm going to say. That's it. Okay. Dallas lost. That's it. Then, then Eli has. Then Eli. The by that stupid math, Eli has a quarter of a Super Bowl win. How do you like that? With, with, Eli with balls. Has five. With balls. Five balls sticking to helmets, game. stupid catches, dumb, <laughs> dumb things, interceptions in the last time. Five fantastic right. playoff wins. I'm sick of Harry Reddy, and we, we have like 40 minutes left. Brother Bry, you're the only one I should talk to here because you had a winner. Now you have the you have you are a, this is just a gem. I wish we can make millions off of this, but they limit how much you can bet on this. Explain this bet to everybody. All right, so I uh, really started jumping on this a few years ago, but I took the uh, under one and a half shortest touchdown in the Cowboy game. Uh, so you basically just need a one yard touchdown or a zero yard touchdown, which you rarely see. We so did some uh, yeah. fumble recovery in the end zone, mm-hmm. as we saw in the actual in the Chiefs game. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so the under one and a half for the four games went four and zero this weekend. Actually, in that Cowboys game, there was four one yard touchdowns. So. Right. I, I, again, in these playoff games, that we don't even we haven't even been seeing a lot of pass interference calls, except that got me one in the Patriots game. But uh-huh. it's just by chance, by luck, these guys just keep getting tackled at like the inch line. Um, but so many chances from the one. It's been it's been fantastic. It's been a good run. That's actually been saving me in these playoffs. And that was four for four. That won every game, like you said, yeah. Colts Chiefs. There was a, the punt return was technically zero yards. I had to look back. I thought it was recovered at two. It was technically a zero-yard touchdown, and it happened, uh, as you said, the Patriots on a pass interference. Happened four times in the Rams game. What was the other one? The Saints? Who was it? And uh, then uh, Foles, yeah, Foles uh, right. jumped over the pile, but that was on, like, the inch line. So yeah. They got tackled that. So. That's a winner. Yeah. That's nice. It's been fantastic. But like I said, I, I really i am hesitant to even go over those two games because then when we're done with that, there's only one more game. But let's do it. We have to do it. Rams at Saints. Now, this line is jumping around. You can find three somewhere. I've seen three and a half most spots and 57. The over-under is uh, held steady at 57. You can see at 57, 57 and a half. We're going to get everyone's opinion on this. 45-35 last time they played. The Saints won. They were home. I have to say, I like the under here. I like uh, the the Saints. Seven of the last nine games, they've held opponents to 20 points or fewer. I think the Rams, four of the last six, 22 points or fewer. I don't think it's going to be one of those games where McVay is going to just have his way with everyone. He's going to go for it on fourth down every time and make it. I think there's just going to be, I don't know, there's going to be steady conservative drives. These teams know what they have to do to win the game. I definitely, definitely don't think C.J. Anderson 
claim jumper Anderson is going to run all over uh, the Cowboys again. In fact, if you could find an under number for him, probably like in the high 50s, I would go under there. Um, if you look at the Saints number, they've contained the top five rushers in the league. I think Gurley had 79, even in a 45-35 game, I think Gurley had 79 scrimmage yards. I would go under, and I'm leaning towards the Saints. I just think they take care of business at home. Breeze 6-0 and at home in the playoffs. Is that right, Tate? Yep. Did you see that too? I mean, that's the highest, that's the best undefeated mark you've seen for that many games for a quarterback at home. I really, really like the Saints here. Brother Bri, what are you? Are you with me? I think you are. Yeah, I am. I, I love, love, love the Saints in this game. They proved again on Sunday that they can pretty much win any style of game. A slow game, a fast game, a low-scoring game, high-scoring game. Their defense is definitely the best of the remaining teams in the playoffs. They, they rank second against the run. So I don't think, you, you know, you saw the, the Rams run like crazy on the Cowboys. Not going to be the same thing in this game. Not mm-hmm. going to be it at all. And I don't trust Goff in this spot. Like, I haven't, I haven't been too impressed with him lately. I know he's still in some of the games he's put up some decent numbers. But in his last three row games, he had two touchdowns, five interceptions, a 55% completion percentage. Mm. He hasn't been great. He wasn't great against the Cowboys. Like I said, Saints can play fast, can play slow. This isn't the Cowboys vanilla offense that they played against. But I, I don't know. I, I love the Saints at home in this game. There you go. And uh, continuing on with Goff, just a, a bigger sample size. Goff on the road this season, 244 yards per game. 10 touchdowns, 9 interceptions, an 83 passer rating. He had, I think, a 52% of his plays were on play action. Of course, if you're going to run it down the Cowboys' throat, your play action, you're going to get some uh, open receivers, and that worked uh, last week. Parley Kid, what are you going, Saints or Rams? I have really no feel for this game. Um, you know, we can sit here and say, well, the Saints can win any type of game, mm-hmm. but we, you know, if Jeffrey doesn't, dropped that pass, they could have just as well lost that game last right. week, right? So sure. uh, this is we're not talking about a world beater of a team here. I have not been on the Saints bandwagon all year. I feel like when I've watched them, I have never been overly impressed with them. I feel like uh, uh, Thomas, uh, Michael Thomas carries this team offensively along with Kamara. Uh, you stop them, yep. you have a good chance of winning this game. Over the last six games, the Saints offense has averaged 19 points a game mm-hmm. over their last six games. This is not a dynamite offense right now. Just as if the just as the Rams offense is not a dynamite offense. Really to me, and I've said this before, their offense has significantly changed since Cooper Cup went out. Right. Uh, Goff has just not been the same player. If he was healthy and he was playing in this game, I'd say the Rams are winning this game. Hmm. I don't have much of a feel, so Sal, I'm going to go with you and say the under. I think these teams both kind of have a conservative passing game right now. Yep. Not a lot of deep balls. I think it's going to be uh, under a lot of underneath routes, a lot of running the ball. I think this game goes under. I'm not really sure about who's going to win it. Um, I usually lean to the team. Uh, two teams play. Uh, two good teams play during the year. I usually lean to the team that lost the first time around. Right. I'm not so sure here. Harry's boss just told us on the pre-show. Mm-hmm. No effing way that the Rams and Chiefs don't win. This. Oh, that's big news. That's what he said. Oh, well, you should. That's started. what he said. That's what Harry's boss said. He's all over the Rams and Chiefs. I don't feel as confident <laughs> uh, with that score. So I'm going to take the under, Sal, in this game, like you had uh, originally stated. You buried the lead there, Parley kid. That's very important information. By the way, uh, this is not a joke. I got a text from uh, Harry's boss and our friend Ken. He says, my lawyer's grandmother is about to pass away in El Paso, Texas. Looks like the trial is going to be postponed. So there you go. There's more bad. Uh, really, 
It's just uh, when it rains, on. it pours it here in L.A. <laughs> uh, Parlay Kid, I will say this one thing. Obviously, obviously, uh, these four teams, the Saints looked the worst last week in that they almost did lose. And if right, if it doesn't go through Jeffrey's hands, we may be looking at a Nick Foles miracle. I think that makes them better. I think that makes them more prepared yeah. for this game. I kind of think like they had their back yeah. against the wall. They almost tasted defeat. And uh, what are the Rams going to do when they get smacked around if they're down 10? And I will say this, Harry, I don't know what you're about to say about Brandon Cooks or the Rams offense, but I think the last six games, the day of the 50-yard-plus touchdown pass for the Rams, it's gone. I think a lot of it, as Parley Kidd said, has to do with Cooper Cup's absence. But um, I think it's been a long time, and especially on the road, since the Rams have converted one of those bombs. Harry, which way are you going? Yeah, that's true. But you know what? I am, but I'm going to – Take the Rams plus the three and a half here. I'm going to take. Yeah. That's a big number. That's a big number right there. Maybe the Saints win by a field goal. But right now, I agree with Parlay Kid about the Saints. Offense was slow. It's not the. That's not the style we're accustomed to with the Saints. They were slow, and for the past month, they've been very fortunate in games, not scoring in the first half. They only, like I mentioned that last week, they scored one touchdown in the first half last week and really couldn't get things going. I think. <clears throat> There are two major factors that might really put the Rams over the top this week, and I think that's their all of a sudden look fantastic run defense. I mean, they shut down Zeke in Dallas last week. Twenty mm-hmm. carries, forty-seven yards. Maybe their defense can, like you said, I, I sort of like the under as well because I like the run defense here. I think C.J. Anderson, Cottrell, Javon Anderson, <laughs> give it up for the guy. He came out of nowhere. He was on like three teams this year. He had 123 yards, two scores, plus he takes plenty of pressure off Scott Gurley. And right now, I'm taking that dynamic duo over Kamara and Ingram when it comes to running the ball. Mm-hmm. And since the Bears' disaster uh, for the Rams, Jared Goff has five touchdowns and only one pick, and he can have an excellent game by just managing the game and letting the right. other players get the job done for the Rams. And taking that three-and-a-half, that extra hook is huge. Rams plus three-and-a-half, I see them. Coming very close, even winning the game maybe by a field goal, mm. like, like uh, 25-22. All right, maybe. Harry, your hero, Saquon Barkley, who you passed on. You had two picks, 10 and 11 in our fantasy draft. You passed on him both times. Only 44 yards rushing against the Saints this year. But I will say Sheldon Rankins being out as Achilles, that's tough. I know they survived it. He went out in the Eagles game. They, uh, they rebounded, actually, after he was gone. But 12 tackles for a loss this season. That's the second most on the team. Tate. Which way are you leaning with this game? I uh, I like to think that the Rams have these players like flip the switch players. So when it's prime time, they can really turn it on. One of those guys is a keep Tlaib, and I think you talked about Michael Thomas. Yeah, Michael Thomas is the guy. Mm-hmm. So if you put Tlaib on Thomas, basically say lock him up for the day. It makes me like the Rams in that game. They were saying on uh, inside the NFL like keep Tlaib's great and everything, but he likes to take a lot of chances, and uh, you really can't do that with Michael Thomas. He's so kind of. He's so up and down with that that they might put him on Peters, uh, the Peters on Thomas, and that would be and a disaster, I think. Peters is one of those guys, too, though. So, I mean, he Same said thing. He t- he's talking, you know, about the gumbo he's going to have with Sean Payton. So, if you're talking all that before, I like see that, if he Michael does it in Thomas. The game. He has, a, I think, 129 yards average in three playoff games with three touchdowns. He just extends drives. Like, you third and 15, that guy's going to catch the ball 12 yards and then just run for the next seven. Uh, I like that. Well, that's an exciting game. By the way, how about. Best four offenses making the final four. Like I think we did a nice job. Obviously, Parley Kid. We like to see our team in here, but this is pretty great, huh? The f- best four teams made it. Doesn't happen a lot. Absolutely, so I think uh, in terms of uh, what you'd like to see, I mean, I guess this is uh, it's a win-win for uh, 
all football fans out there for the most part. Listen, yep. I want to give myself credit. If I hadn't bet the Chargers, this wouldn't have happened. I really do think uh, <laughs> so, something else would have happened. But uh, one through four, best offenses. All right, game two. This is a night game on the East Coast, 43-40. Patriots beat the Chiefs first time they played. Weather, weather, weather. Everyone's talking about weather. Harry is texting us the weather like it matters. Like we're going to change our mind if it's if it's four degrees or three degrees. Harry, every three hours you're uh, you're, you're texting brother Bry and, and Parley Kid about the weather. What gives? It's getting colder and colder, and now it's supposed to be a little better. So yeah, you know, keeping you guys updated. That's what friends do. Oh, that's what friends well, do. Right, right, Tate. Yeah, exactly. So, Harry, right. let me say, let me say, Harry, you're you're sending us weather updates for Kansas City on Saturday, though. You keep sending us, you say, Saturday, <laughs> negative, negative three, and snowy on Saturday. And I just keep getting Saturday no, you updates don't. I'm on Kansas you City. Why? I'm giving mm. you Sunday as well. It's a tease, Brian. Well, that, that's what, that's what friends do. They send <laughs> yeah. Saturday. They send the wrong day forecast. It's a tease. Yeah. In case I'm going to the game, I guess. Why I guess. would? Uh, yeah, uh, Harry. Yeah, you're not even going to the game. Uh, you, you came from Oswego, where it's always freezing cold. You have a brother who's picking onions right now in two degree weather. He's an obese man. That you should care about. Not this dumb game in the weather. Like who? Who could even? Who even has an advantage, Tate, in the in the cold weather? The Patriots or the Chiefs? I think it's the pa- Patriots defense. I guess is the only way you could say. Yeah. Maybe Mahomes not being able to throw the deep ball, but. Yeah, That's about it. I don't know. I go back and forth. I wish I had a better <laughs> feeling about this. The uh, spread is three and fifty-four and a half. Now this this uh, over/under started at fifty-seven, but you know Harry kept sending his updates, and uh, the odds makers were forced to change it to uh, to coincide with the temperature. Now down to fifty-four and a half is the over/under. Ah oh, man, I I to me it begins and ends with Tom Brady and that clean pocket. If he has a pocket like he had last week, where he could zip out those screen pl- passes to James White. But you look up in the middle of the second quarter, and he has like ten receptions already. And Julius Edelman, uh, Julian Edelman rather, who's going to just he catches a ball for six yards and just knocks bowls over guys twice his size for the rest of the first down. If that's available to him, I don't care if they're playing in uh, in the Bahamas. Like this is going to be this is going to be a last possession type game. But I'm curious to hear your thoughts, Parlay Kid. Which way are you going? Three fifty four and a half. Well, Sal, this is. Uh... I like I was I was saying a pre-show to some of these guys. I man, I've been on the Chiefs all year. I really I've enjoyed watching them, but I'm sorry I can't bet against the Patriots at this point. So, yeah. um man, in fact, I just uh looking through Twitter, I think people can see this. Edelman has these shirts now. I don't know if you've seen them. Uh but it's inside the Patriot logo. It says bet against us, right? So, wow. the Patriots for the first time in a long time are really relishing this underdog status mm-hmm. that I think the media is creating a lot of people. They're making well, it well. I, <laughs> I, I I'd say that Harry, I agree because I never look at the uh, Patriots as an underdog. I think is this the first game they've actually been uh, so getting this is points si- out? Sixty this, like, this this snaps a streak of sixty six straight Brady games where he was favored. As, there uh, you go, yeah. incredible. Yep. Right. So, but they're relishing in this underdog role. And in a way, I still think uh, they have a right to do that. I, I can ask a lot of football fans. Let's let's think about this. And this is why I love the Patriots right now. Uh, my wife gets mad at me because she absolutely hates the Patriots. <laughs> she doesn't like football, but she hates the Patriots. Mm-hmm. She hates Brady for whatever reason she's got. She hates him. I have nothing but respect for this guy. So think about this. 
If you were to ask a, really a diehard football fan to name eight Patriots starters, they might have a hard time doing that. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying eight out of 22 starters to name. Right. Even diehard football fans might have a hard time doing that. That's why I have so much respect for this team. Yeah. Uh, they're doing what they're doing. Gronk is ineffective as a receiver. He's still blocking, I think, pretty well. Yeah. But they, how much do they get out of James White? Uh, it's amazing. Guys like that. It's, it is amazing what they do. A no-name line. I got to hear about the Cowboys line all the time, the Colts this year. Let me tell you something. Brady didn't get touched by the Chargers Nothing. last week. Not close. And somebody named more than two linemen on that team, or even more than one lineman on that team. Yeah. Well, that's why I love this team. That's why I'm picking the Patriots outright to win this game. Wow. Until somebody can prove me wrong on this. And I like the under in this game as well, Sal. All right. Uh, because of the weather. So sorry I took a little long with that's that. That's all right. But uh, I, I, I'm, Sal, as, as I was discussing this with Ken, Harry's boss, <laughs> he said, yeah, but if the Patriots win this game, they could do this for another five years. I go, great. I want to see them do it for another five years, Sal. Yeah. And that's coming from somebody that's not a Patriot fan. Keep winning, Patriots. Wow. Eight straight. Uh, well, you usually get the New York-Boston uh, you know, little rivalry there, but you're rooting for the Patriots here. You're going to bet the Patriots. This is their eighth straight. I don't care what division you're in. I know they mow through the AFC East all the time, but right. eight straight AFC championships is unbelievable. And if you talk about, well, the dynasty's over. If they, lo- if they lose by 40, the dynasty's not over. You have to get them to not get to the AFC championship. Thank um, you. Right. It's unbelievable what they've done. And you're right, James. I've talked, you talk about the offensive line. Gronk, the insiders that tell me Gronk is doing an exceptional job, exceptional yeah. job blocking for the run and yeah. even opening stuff up that, that, that Edelman passed 36 yards down the field where Gronk was kind of open on the underneath that opened up the Edelman route. That was the backbreaker right there. He's been doing a lot of that. And these four teams I've told, they use their fullbacks better than everybody else. So that's the thing they have going. Now, what I will say is, Bry, does it bother you, Brother Bry? The Patriots average 22 points a game on the road and 34 at home. Obviously on the road. Uh, yeah, it does bother me a little bit. So I, I like Darren, like Parley Kid. I'm leaning towards the Pats here, plus three. But most of the betting numbers probably favor the Chiefs, right? Mm-hmm. I think most of them. The Pats were three and five on the road. They were pretty pretty terrible they had some awful games against tennessee but yeah i don't know I, I do think this is a little bit different this this type of game it almost seems like the pets you know put it on when they need to offensively it's almost like they don't really try half of these games but the first game between these two the pats were pretty much in control that whole game i know it ended up very close but they couldn't stop the patriots once they stopped them actually they i will say they stopped them on one drive they forced one turnover. But other than that, the Pats had these long, you know, eight-play scoring drives the whole game. They could not stop them. Yeah. But I think this is going to be close, and I think I have to take the take the points. I know, Brady, like Darren was saying, they're really relishing this underdog role here. Brady is pumped right now. I, I think Brady himself, I, thought, I think I saw that he hasn't been an underdog since 2015, that which it. is nuts. 67 games, yeah. Yeah, so, I, I mean, Belichick 6-2 and two against Andy Reid. 
I don't know. I, I can't. I mean, I think it's going to be a close game, so I, ha- I have to take the points here. You just, but like I said, I know most of the betting numbers would probably favor the Chiefs in this one at home, but yeah. uh, I'm, I'm leaning. Well, the uh, betting numbers Brady favor Brady. the home teams. What is it? Is it four years in a row the home teams have won these uh, championship games? Is it uh, eight? No. Uh, last night? What, it, no, five. Five years, right? Oh, five years, right. Uh, so ten. And they're ten and oh and uh, eight and two against the spread. Yeah, so. so you really have to have a good reason to bet against the home team in these games. And Bill Belichick being the opposing coach is a good enough reason, potentially. Harry, what do you say about this? I'm going to join uh, the brothers. I'm going to take the Patriots plus the three. Uh, I mean, it's it's Andy Reid versus uh, Belichick. I mean, you have to go Belichick in this matchup. I just I had that stat too. Brian, uh, six and two lifetime against him. Um, the Patriots just like get things going. When it comes to playoff time, they use White perfectly. They used him on screens and little side passes in the first half against the Chargers, where it opened up the, a running game for Sony Michelle. Uh, everyone was on the Chargers jack last week and how their defense was so great. And then in 20-degree weather, the Patriots put up 500 yards of offense on them. You know, uh, A couple episodes ago or shows ago, I mentioned that maybe the Pats were just you know uh, playing possum, and that very well may be the case. I mean, I don't think they care about the uh, season-ending uh, season uh Awards that are giving they're giving out for M, for a MVP or uh, or mm-hmm. Rookie of the Year or stuff like that. What they want is the hardware. They want the they want the trophy. That's all they care about. That's all they're focused on. And I'm not sure Mahomes will be able to make those type of throws on Sunday in this weather. Uh, their offense looked okay uh, last week against Indy, and Indy's defense was bad last week. But boy, Patriots doesn't matter where they play, what they, what type of weather they're in. Like like last week was cold too. It's so hard to go against them. And plus the three points, how can you pass that up? Well, it does kind of matter where they play. The last three times they were on the road in the championship game, they, they lost. So I will say this. Boys and, against and, Denver, though. Yeah, well, that was, uh, you know. What, well, whatever. What, why? Denver didn't have a good quarterback? <laughs> what, what, what do we know? But uh, <laughs> Travis Kelsey, I, I just want to know, and Brother Brian, we talked about this earlier. They can't. Tyreek Hill has had monster, monster games against the Patriots. I think like uh, 290 yards or something in the last two games and four touchdowns. Right. Um, had a good, decent game last week. Kelsey, you know, is going to get open. They have to stop. They have to stop one of them or both of them. Or, or what do you think, Tate? Does that matter to you, or do you think it's just going to be a one-score game? Either yeah, way? I, I think the downhill stuff to Tyreek Hill. I mean, that's. I mean, they asked Belichick this week about you know how do you match up with that speed, and he's pretty much like you can't do that. But if you can't throw the ball that deep because it's so cold, then it kind of you know negates that whole option. Yeah. So maybe maybe that's a reason to watch out for. But I think the thing that stood out to me was what. How how big and strong and powerful that uh, that Pat's defense looked, and you know the speed stuff really didn't work on them. We saw that with the Chargers, um, and they ran it down their throats too on, on offense. So uh, you talk about the fullbacks. I think that'll be a big part of this if it's uh, as cold as I think or as Harry thinks. Yeah. Now, are you afraid to pick against the Patriots in front of Lombardi? That's what I'm worried about. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> good. You good answer. That. Right. Uh, <laughs> all right. Let's move off those games. Those are very. I'm very excited for both those games. As excited as I could yeah. be without my own team being involved. But uh, hey, Kyler Murray, playing baseball, playing football. What's he doing? Declares for both drafts. Over under draft pop uh, positions. I think it was like 16 and a half or something. Who's going to draft them? They have odds on which team's going to take them. Now the Arizona Cardinals have the first pick. San Francisco's two. Jets are three. Raiders are four. Um, out of those four teams, 
who needs a quarterback? One, two, or one team? I don't know. But anyway, the Raiders are favored at three to one odds, even though they have the fourth pick. The Jaguars seven to two, Giants four to one, Cardinals five to one. Then the Broncos eight to one, Dolphins uh, as well eight to one. Uh, I'm just going to ask you, brother Bry, because we're going to move on to other stuff. You'd be excited to have this guy as a Raider. Um, yeah, it's funny. I actually, I would be excited. I'm intrigued by Murray. I think he's, I think there's a lot of potential there, especially the way these offenses are run now. Um, I, I do think though, it's only three to one for the Raiders because they have the three first round picks. I don't, I have a hard time. Like I kind of personally want to get rid of Carr, but I don't think this is going to be the year. I think they're going to wait until the end of next year to see what happens. And then, Mm -hmm. Uh, if they're in the same boat next year, they'll take one of those top quarterbacks. So I don't think they're going to take one this year. Mm-hmm. But uh, I would like them on my team. If I'm any of these top teams, if I'm Jacksonville, if I'm Miami, if I'm the Giants, I'm I'm definitely I'm definitely oh. very intrigued by them. You got the 24th and the 27th pick. Let's say Haskins goes before that. There's not a ton, you know. Will Greer? I I just I don't know. I think teams are stupid. They pass on Lamar Jackson. They pass on Deshaun Watson. They also tend to pass on quarterbacks who only played one, started one year for their college, and that Kyler Murray fits the bill for all of those. I could see him going late, but I do think three to one is okay. I think the Raiders do take a shot with that. Parley Kid, what would you do with that? So, just uh, being here in New York, though, uh, man, I just. How exciting would uh, he be for the Giants with Barkley and Beckham? And, Anything's exciting. Uh, talk about bringing yeah. some juice back to the Giants. I think, mm-hmm. uh, wow, that would really excite the fan base. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I could see something like that happening. I, I, do, I, I think he's going to get drafted here. I think he's going to get drafted pretty high. I don't think the quarterback class this year is pretty weak. Uh, this kid just seems to have it. Right. Uh, which you know, like like make like uh, Mayfield had it. This kid seems to be uh, in that mold in terms of having it. And uh, man, he he's going to excite any franchise that drafts him. There's going to be a lot of buzz surrounding them. And uh, I think as far as that goes, I think owners love that, right? So uh, I don't think people are going to want to pe- miss on that opportunity, like you mm-hmm. guys said about some of these other other quarterbacks that slipped a little bit. Yeah, I don't think teams are willing to uh, roll the dice on that anymore. So. Why wouldn't so? Why wouldn't he want to play football? Yeah, uh, you're gonna to toil in the minor leagues, and we talk about having one good football season, Sal. Yeah, look at his baseball uh, career. Uh, he basically had one good college year in baseball. He'll disappear. I mean, he's basically getting drafted based on his athletic ability. Right. Where yeah. I think in football he can showcase his athletic ability a lot more than he can in baseball. Toiling in the minor leagues yeah. for many many years before he gets a really another big contract. Um, he'll be living off that four plus million dollar signing bonus for a while before mm-hmm. he gets some real money, uh, some more money. That's real money, but more money with football. Boom, he's got it. Yep. and can earn more even a few yeah. years from now. So I, that's I, my take I, on it. I feel the same way. I look, obviously, do what you want. Play baseball, play football. But Kyler Murray, we're sure. not, we're not going to talk about him if he plays baseball. He's probably going to disappear. The only time we'll talk about him is if Harry's stalking him in a at a minor league uh, preseason <laughs> game in Arizona. This is true. A trip, that's very possible. Double A team. But uh, other than that, all right, Harry. While we're discussing you, yeah. um, <laughs> the, He's personally attacked. Uh, Harry, you were attacked. I'm going to attack you again. Most points scored this week in the two games. What's the over under? You all right? Uh, yeah, I'm thinking. Um, I'll give you a hint. It starts uh, with a three. <laughs> so 
32 and a half. Oh, no. Oh, so you want to go way under here. 37, Higher, right? 37 and a half wow. okay. is the number. Well, of course that would have to work out, right? The 37, wait, 37. No, because, okay, if the over-under is 57, the highest game, and the spread is three, they expect the Saints to get, what, Brian, real quick, 30, 26? Is that it? 30, 27. Right, 30, yeah, oh, okay. Wow. All right, so they're yeah. giving like a touchdown leeway there. For uh, Extra, the yeah. big favorites there. And you're probably not going to see that. Uh, maybe the under's the way to go there, Harry. I don't know if you're onto something, but uh, all right. Uh, Brother Bry, number of 100 yard rushers this weekend? Ooh. Uh, do they have each, like, each category set, like 0 1? And then odds with each one? Uh, I just had the, I have the over on the one number. Yeah, okay, so uh, it's going to be one, they go one w- and a half. They go one and a half. The under is minus 140. Yeah. I kind of like this under. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why. I like the under because, again, you're going to get uh, in the NFC game, I think, between those those running back splitting carries. I don't think you're going to get one there. And if you survive like the that. NFC game with zero, you're you're a winner, right? Yeah, I, I think it's going to be Michelle. or William. Yeah, I don't think they both get it. I don't know. All right, maybe stay away from that. All right, uh, Parley Kid, who's going to have the most receiving yards this weekend? Then I'll tell you the odds. Most receiving yards. Um, uh, Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is second, predict, predicted second. Tyreek Hill, three to one. Thomas, four to one. Okay. Thomas isn't bad, All right. four to one. Ooh, that's good. Yeah, those are good odds. Though, pretty good. Tate, yeah. who, do you, who do you like? You like any uh, any fly? I could read through all the names, or you could. Yeah, I would, <laughs> I would take Michael Thomas as well. Maybe Ted Ginn as a sleeper if that one's like a real long shot. I don't odds. even see. It's so funny. Everybody likes Ted Ginn. Uh, uh, Furman liked him last week. He loves him this week. I guess he would have had his over if he caught that one pass. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see if Ginn on there. To him, yeah, yeah. I see. Uh, how about Brandon Cooks against his old we uh, old team? I don't love his his. Uh, I don't love the Rams this week, but he's six to one. How about uh, James White at sixteen to one? He can go for a buck twenty, just uh, by halftime. The way they throw it to him. Yeah. All right. Well, we can move on from that. I think maybe most points, Harry. That, that's the one that jumped out to me. Maybe we go. Yeah. Maybe we go under with that. Pray you like the me. under in the games too, right? You yeah, I like both unders. So yeah. that that would make sense. That would be under. All right. That brings us to our sponsored segment, Captain Morgan's Make Believe Riverboat Casino. Each week, the degenerate trifecta and I set sail. Tackling fake gambling propositions related to sports and pop culture events. Now, I don't know if they saw, I don't know if this was news in uh, in Carolina tape, but the president of the United States hosted the Clemson Tigers and served them fast food. The government shut down. He said, I'm fitting the bill. So he ordered fast food. He made an outlandish claim that the Clemson uh, players, 50 of them, ate 1,000 hamburgers. Now, that th- I'm doing the quick math at 20 per player. That seems like a lot with other fast food on the table. Uh, very, very hungry Not gentlemen. Not all the fries, though, so maybe, maybe there weren't. Were all right, so maybe they just burgers. yeah, maybe they just stacked up twenty at a time. But uh, hey, let me ask you guys, or Captain Morgan's asking, if the President of the United States were hosting you at that White House, which fast food item would you request? You only get one. Is it the Big Mac at four to one? Chick Fil A chicken sandwich nine to two? In and Out double double six to one? Shake Shack burger eight to one? Dairy Queen Blizzard mm. at ten to one or field because there are so many options 
at five to two odds. I know we don't usually mix products here, Captain Morgan and uh, all these others, but Parley Kid, I know you have some fast food favorites. I certainly do, Sal. Parley Kid's getting fat, to be honest. <laughs> I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it like that. I just know you have forty-two kids. No, no, no. Easy... It's true, Sal. I'm really. I got to go on that 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 Harry that fifty-two for fifty-two. I put no money though. It's going to happen. Diet. Well, it, it works. Is, yeah, the Daughtry diet. That's exactly <laughs> that's a great name for it, Tate. Excellent. The Daughtry diet. But I gotta wait till football to be over, right? So I can't diet. Yeah, no, don't with do these it. Games yet. coming up. I'm gonna be eating wings and stuff all right. day. So of course. I'll start it after uh the Super Bowl's over. Sal, if my favorite fast food item. Do it. I debated there were two the chicken McNuggets or the French fries from McDonald's. Yeah. Sal mm-hmm. The French fries have been a staple of my diet for almost 50 years now. <laughs> if I could walk into the finest restaurant in the world, uh-huh. and if they served me French fries that tasted like McDonald's French fries, mm-hmm. I'd be thrilled. Wow. I'd be, I'd be uh, more than thrilled. Yeah. Disclaimer, they have, to be, they have to be hot, though. They can't be sitting, sitting around. Right. Uh, I missed the supersize option. Right? Oh, Too yeah. bad they don't have that anymore. Damn you, Morgan Spurlock. What a creep. <laughs> right? Screwed everybody with that stupid film he made. Did they? So, I didn't know they not, did that. They did away with Supersize. Did they really? Well, yeah, right after yeah, that film are. came out. Wow. That's right. That's like, fi- like 15 years ago oh, almost now. Man. You, I guess you don't visit fast food places anymore, Sal. <laughs> no, I do. I just, and, I just order two. I don't, don't. Isn't it depressing, <laughs> Sal, when I get that red box of large fries, mm-hmm. though? And it's like half full. That's like depressing. It's a depressing moment it's for me. It's not good, yeah. It's... When I, I, I look at it saying, this is not a large, this is a medium. Right. So the fries, Sal, how could you go away? So I'm taking the field, five to two, McDonald's French fries, nothing beats it. Right. All right, I'm with you. I've read a study on this, how they make them. And it's basically sugar. They coat it with sugar and then bake it, and then obviously salt, and it's under the perfect heat lamps. But you can't go wrong with McDonald's fries. I was going to add that. You're taking McDonald's fries at field at 5-2. to two. All right, Brother Bry, what do you like? You only get one. Um, if we did this 15 to 20 years ago, I would have definitely said probably like a McDonald's cheeseburger mm-hmm. or like a regular taco from Taco Bell. But I've become a little bit of a food snob as I've gotten older. Um, I, I now want a burger that tastes like an actual burger. So I'm going to go with the Shake Shack burger because this is what I order after every podcast. On oh, the way home, wow. I order a Shake Shack burger. It's, it's easy on the way for me. But uh, plus, I think that would go a little bit better with my stomach. If I was stuck at the White House, I wouldn't want to be eating um, some of this food or else I'd be in the toilet. I see. And um, by the way, how bad would it be like if you had to clean those bathrooms for all those football kids <laughs> for about 100 kids eating all that fast food? It must yeah. have been awful. Well, but at least um, at least the person so- doing it is not getting paid. So that's good. <laughs> Uh, the Shake Shack so, yeah, burger. So I go Shake Shack. Like I said, I'm a little bit of a snob lately. That's good. I, I had one the other day. It's funny. On the way, uh, depressed. Oh, I, I stopped with my son. We stopped there um, after the Cowboys game. I got that one with the mushroom on it. Do you have this? The mushroom. And it oh, has like che- the portobello mushroom Yeah, one? but it has cheese in it, and that cheese falls over the actual cheese from the cheeseburger. It's it's delightful. You go straight to heaven. You, you literally go straight to heaven because your heart can't take it. All right, Harry, I know everyone's waiting for you. What are you going to say? I think I think we know this. All I think the you, above. <laughs> Harry once told us what his first option was going to be. Let's see if he sticks well, with it look, after he lost the weight. Believe it or not, believe it or not, yeah. I'm very picky with my fast food. 
I don't believe it. And God honest truth, I've never had a Big Mac or a Whopper in my life. What? What? How is that possible? Only McRibs. The sauce. I don't dig the sauce, the whatever, the Thousand Island sauce. It's gross. Uh-huh. Never done it. So my number one go-to <laughs> is the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Extra onions and no mustard. Ugh. There. That's my fast food secret, actually, because if you get it prepared that way, it always comes out piping hot. <laughs> what do you mean? Oh, because they have to make it special order kind of thing? Right. At five to two, <laughs> I'll take the field and All a quarter right. pound of cheese. Extra onions, no mustard. I'm grossed out. I just by say I, I like the no mustard though. I like that you're going out of the way to uh, <clears throat> to to uh, disclude mustard. All right, what do you say, uh, Tate? I want to know from you. This is a southern choice. I've heard some uh, people discuss some places I haven't even um, considered. Yeah, a lot south. of people will tell you like Popeyes or In and Out mm-hmm. or. You know, cookout, whatever it may be. But uh, Bojangles is my pick. Four-piece chicken supreme dinner, fries, sweet tea, honey mustard on the side. It's a beautiful thing. Really? We should all share that together one day. Four-piece chicken. Four-piece chicken supreme dinner. Mm -hmm. So it's four pieces of chicken tenders, beautifully breaded, perfectly for you. You get fries, you get a biscuit, you get honey mustard, and you get a nice sweet tea. I like it. And And you can get it bow-sized. Oh, bow-sized. They they don't care about supersized me. You can get it bow-sized, get big fries, big drink. Love it. Thing. I like that. Is that, that only in the South? Only in the South. Bojangles. Maybe we'll order, uh, we'll open one up Jake here. DeLome used to be the great uh, spokesman for Bojangles. Is that right? Oh, yeah. I don't know how good that is. Is that why it's four four piece? <laughs> one for every interception? In the, yeah, there's <laughs> the, the DeLome specials when you get five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Parley Kid. When, when, when Brian, I'm, uh, this isn't, I'm not joking, and Brian will admit to this. When Brian was like two and brother Keith was like three or four, mm-hmm. they literally would eat like three Big Macs at at, one, at a time. Wow. I'm not kidding. Oh, yeah. My wow. father would feed them Big Macs when they were like two <laughs> two years old. Yeah, I, re- I remember there's a there's a picture of me when I'm one years old eating a, a full Big Mac, <laughs> which is crazy. And uh, yeah, I used to eat when I was a little kid. I was every Friday night it was four four cheeseburgers from McDonald's. That's but I was like great. three or four years old. Oh, Brian, Brian, that should be your Tinder profile picture right there. One year old brother Brian. <laughs> Putting down the cheese. You know what? I went between two here, and you guys are going to think this is stupid. I I considered White Castle hamburgers. Now, I know quality-wise, a lot of people will argue that it's uh, the bottom of the barrel. But I love the taste. And, Harry, if you like onions, you, you I, I would think White Castle would be right up your alley. Yeah. And, you, and they melt in your mouth, and they really do. And we went to Long Island because there's not any out here. I, I mean, they sell them the supermarket, but they don't have any standalone White Castles. We went, I got my family hooked on them. Everybody loves White Castles now. But I'm going to go, Parlay Kid, I'm going against you in the fry department. I'm saying Nathan's Crinkly Fries. I love mm, the Nathan's. You mm-hmm. stab it with that little, that, that, that little uh, yeah. red plastic spear. You eat it, and it's just like three or four of them are burnt just enough to my liking. And I love it. It just mixes best with ketchup. Nathan's. Nathan's are fall, they're they're going downhill. I don't I don't see too many of them, but uh I love those fries. Oh, there's so many. We could talk about this for hours, but let's stop because that's another week of Captain Morgan's Make Believe Riverboat Casino. No matter how you live like a captain, Captain Morgan reminds you to please drink responsibly. Captain's orders. All right. It's time for Sharp Tank. Let's do it, fellas. Put your best game face on. Best bets. Parley Kid, start us off. Yeah, this is uh we got very little football up. We have a big UFC weekend too. I wonder if any of us are going to cover that. Uh, so I'm going to kind of keep this pretty simple to the way we've been uh, talking already. Um, I'm not going to bet against uh, the Patriots here. Hmm. So we're going to do a, a two-team parlay. 
We're going to take the Patriots on the money line, Sal. Uh, I, as we just said before, uh, how, can, how can I bet against them? Until they prove me wrong, I'm taking the Pats. I'm rooting for the Pats. I just uh, This time of the year, I love the focus that they have. Um, so we're going to take the Pats money line. And so we're going to take the under 55 in that game. Mm. Uh, we're going to add that up. And it's uh, almost a three-to-one parlay again uh, on that. All right. Right. Uh, we like the unders this week. I think 55 is a lot in that game. Uh, I think with, with the cold, it's going to get off to a little bit of a slow start. And here's a little thing that I don't think people are realizing. And as, uh, you know, Tony Romo has, has, has said, that I really know my quarterback stuff. Mm. And <laughs> so if you're watching Mahomes lately, I don't know what it is about him. I love the kid. I think he's... Uh, He's a breath of fresh air for the league. He's going to be in this league for 15 years plus, and he's going to probably dominate. But when he's sitting in the pocket, his accuracy has gone down. His best throws he's making are out of the pocket, slinging it. When he's standing in that pocket and doing a regular throwing motion, ball's coming out a little funny. He's not nearly as accurate. I think the Patriots are going to keep him in the pocket. He's going to struggle a little bit. Uh, causing this game to be under and the Patriots to win. Keep an eye on that. So almost a three-to-one parlay there, Sal. Patriots um, to win yeah. that game, and uh, you're taking the under, minus uh, under 55. I like that. Another bet if you like the unders this week like I do, they have over-under touchdowns, and they're both at 6.5 for both these games. And you could actually hit the over and still get under 6.5 touchdowns if there are like five field goals in some of these games. I kind of like that. I, th- I think seven is a lot of touchdowns for either of these teams. So uh, not yeah. a, not a ton of fun rooting against touchdowns, but what's the difference if you're betting it under? All right, Parley Kid. Uh, Brother Bry, what do you got coming off a big, sweet win? What's your winner this week? Yeah, so while I strongly suggest taking the under-shortest touchdown in, in both games, like I recommend everybody take those. I figured I'd change it up a little bit. I'm going to go UFC, like Parley Kid mentioned. Mm. I really like Henry Cejudo, plus 175 against TJ yeah. Dillashaw this weekend for the Flyweight Championship. That's at uh, the Barclays Center, and that's also ESPN's first uh, foray into uh, the UFC. So while Dillashaw is a really good, well-rounded fighter, he hasn't fought a wrestler like Cejudo. And I, Cejudo has also significantly improved his, his striking ability. I just don't think in this match, I think these guys are – Pretty even overall. I, I think what's going to happen, Suudo's not going to stand right in front of Dillashaw like Garbrandt did in the in the last two fights that Dillashaw had. Plus, in this fight, Dillashaw is dropping 10 pounds. I mean, he's been fighting yeah. 135 forever. Now yep. he's going down to 125. I don't really know why he's doing it. I know he wants to be a dual champion, flyweight and bantamweight, but he's dropping 10 pounds. That's a lot to get down to 125 for this fight. I think it might take a toll on his body considering Suudo's got endless energy. So I think the one, 175 to me is great value. I think that, that line is a little bit too high. I always kind of like those upsets with those, with those odds. Yeah. So uh, give me Cejudo plus 175. I'll tell you, I like that too. I, I was reading, I was going to defer to you guys. I was going to talk to you, but I, it seemed like such yeah. an even fight. And to get plus 175 is a nice number. I'm going to probably screw it up and uh, parlay it with our friend Manny Pacquiao. Will get uh, <laughs> jobbed by the judges again or something. It'll probably be a draw anyway or something stupid. But all right, I'll consider that. Harry, best bet. Yeah, I'm going to go uh, back to the uh, Patriots Chiefs game and I'm going to take the Patriots to score over 
26 mm. and a half points as my best bet. Look, uh, last five times New England has played Kansas City four times, the Pats have scored over 26 points. In the last five years, the Patriots in playoff games are 10-2 and two in scoring over 26 and a half points. And in that 12-game run, they are averaging 33 points a game. And I know you mentioned it earlier in the pod, Sal, but the most points they happened to score, the Patriots did this year, was on October 14th when they scored 43, and that just happened to be against Andy Reid and the Chiefs. Uh, Tom Terrific went for 340 that day. Sony Michelle had 100 yards on the ground, two touchdowns. It's just so hard to keep the pats down in big games. Over 26 and a half is my best bet of championship weekend, or I could, or I could change that and take over three and a half quarter pounders by Saturday, by Sunday too. Oh, there you go. All right. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Depends on the weather. <laughs> yeah, we'll see what the weather. Depends is. on the weather, right? Uh, well, Harry, I'll tell you what, I, I'm, I was interested. It's hard for me to like both unders and like Patriots over 26 and a half, but I was, I was thinking about it. And I also do think they'll have 24 with like four minutes left. I don't know if they'll be winning at the game at the time or need a field goal, but the fact that you called him, uh, Tom terrific when there's only really one Tom terrific is the greatest Mets pitcher of all time. Tom Seaver seals the deal for me. I am not jumping on your, your bet. I'm sorry. And please don't make that mistake again. Not on this podcast, at least. Um, Brother Bryce, Ahuda, plus 175. Patriots on their um... – all right. Parlay Kid, I'm going with you. Brother Bry, I like your bet too. Right. But but Parlay uh, – Bry, you should have started with uh, – should stay with the under one and a half. You're on, you're on a – I know. I, like, well, I'm definitely taking it. I recommend everybody take that for uh, sure. I mean, that, that's – it's definitely a, it's great, a, but you know, it, I know some people can only bet so much money on that. Right. So I want to do something a little different. It's a gold mine. I like Zahuda too, but um, I'm probably kid. I'm going with you. Patriots money line under fifty five. I don't think the dynasty's over. You get almost three to one odds for that. Uh, sounds sounds pretty good to me. All right, what else do we have to talk about? We're gonna skip the mail because we're running out of time. Jeff Schwartz is on the line. He's waiting patiently. Um, Harry, where could people find you? Find me at AAO Harry. At AAO Harry. There you go. Harry's going to give the weather uh, report. Probably He's watching about... the game. Uh, probably watching the game this weekend. Uh, probably by myself. Girlfriend's going to be in Salt Lake City. My boss Ken has a Celine Dion concert uh, on Saturday, <laughs> on Sunday night. So in Vegas. So uh, probably going to watch the game by myself. Okay. Uh, well, is that an invitation? You want people to watch with you, or or what? Anyone in town, uh, hey, hit me up. All right. And Harry, I'll, I'll meet you anywhere. Harry will be uh, updating people on Saturday's weather in Kansas City throughout the throughout the next few days. So <laughs> look for that on Twitter. Harry, you should have been a weatherman. I think you'd cover the map, though, would be the problem. You'd have to you have to get out of the way a lot. <laughs> I do know. I do know. I am pretty good at geography. You haven't asked me a question in a while, but I am decent. Well, I'll tell you what. I think I took – were you in my meteorology class in college? You no. were, right? I didn't know you then? Okay. That was first semester. There's all the other bum. Right. Shit classes we took together. Right, exactly. Hey, Harry's winning our pool. We have a um we have a first touchdown pool. We allotted two hundred fake dollars to to me and the de- degenerate trifecta, all four of us. Right? It's two hundred fake dollars. And you spread yeah, it yeah, out. Spread it out over all the playoff games. You have to bet at least ten dollars on each game. I thought I made up some ground. Harry won uh the first week had Melvin Gordon score. He had what'd you have, Harry? Ten dollars at six and a half to uh, one? Fifteen at six to one. Fifteen at six to one. I come back with a Cooper touchdown for the Cowboys. That was nice. Start the Rams game, and then Harry with Sony Michelle first touchdown Sunday. Nets another ninety-seven. So the way it works is third, we, th- 
All right, let, let me please let me tell the rules. Down. All right, go ahead. Third right. down. What? What? Third down. No, but Harry, we have to pay whoever wins. Everybody has to pay that person. So Harry, right now, would have to be paid one hundred eighty-seven dollars if it ended like that. So, all right, what were we gonna say? Third down. What? I was gonna say that. Well, like you just mentioned earlier, that Gronk gets called. Uh, Gronk gets the pass interference call yeah. on third down. Put the ball at the one. Next play, always. You know. <laughs> yeah. Is it Patriots just <laughs> pounded in with a ground game. Michelle's in. There is a tiny bit of luck involved in this, I will say. And I won this last year, so I could I could say it. Brother Bry, uh, what are you doing? You're watching girls basketball, uh, JV uh, ball? Yeah. So <laughs> college wrestling? I would recommend, I would recommend uh, well, I'm at the Brother Bry, uh, yeah. but I would recommend if you guys ever get a chance to see some uh, good JV basketball game. Mm-hmm. I went to uh, my niece's JV basketball game yesterday. Um, they were up one with... Uh, 20 seconds left uh, with the ball. They decided to uh, take a shot, even though they could have ran out the clock. Mm-hmm. The other team had a 2-on-0 fast break with 10 seconds left, and the girl pulled up for a half-court shot, and the ball landed at the three-point line. So <laughs> that was one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my uh, history of watching basketball. Uh, so know, entertaining. I recommend everybody go see it. You know what's sad? Uh, Tate is thinking to himself, why wasn't I at that game? Why didn't the ringer send me, <laughs> me and Titus? What was the score, 6-5? to five? Uh, I was like low, th- low 30s. But uh, it was, it was, th- that ending was the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> all right. And uh, college wrestling, you're betting all sorts of stuff, right? Hey, did yeah, you college win- wrestling. I think yeah. I'm 3-1 and one or 4-1 and one so far this year. I've, I'm always looking for those odds every once in a while. Well, I, we should start seeing a lot more every every week. Yeah, we're getting closer. Um, so that's, uh, closer yeah, to so the that's tournament. good. Um, yeah, and then uh, Parley Kid could talk about uh, his son's basketball, I guess, too. Right, I'll get to that. So did you win your Australian Open, Parley? You made one. I, I, I made one, too, the other night. What, what, did you I, uh, well, I'm still waiting. Some of the stuff still hasn't happened yet, some, yeah. of, some of the matches. I have, like, five different, I think, three of them won so far. But right. it was, like, a even five-person plus 130 easy parlay yeah. that I put in. I'm all over these two. That's how you know we're running out of stuff. I mean, we're, this is some <laughs> life I've cultivated for myself. I'm waking up at 4.30 in the morning to check a Rafael Nadal score for 80 fake dollars for a uh, sports gambling show on cable. <laughs> what am I doing anymore? But yeah, Well, so I'd you, say, you know, I, I'd say I would recommend, too, yeah, if you get a chance to bet the Australian Open, it's great because, you know, if you get a match, it's like 3 a.m., but, like, you just like, all right, I'm going to sleep through it. I'm just going to I'm going to just check the results in the morning. I like That's it. kind of what what I've been doing. Yeah, yeah, I watched Federer all night. That was fun. Um all right, Parley kid, you got a lot of basketball going, right? Kids basketball? Yes, uh, we got uh, a lot of basketball going. Uh our winning streak was snapped yesterday. Um to mm. a very good uh, Southampton team, but uh some kudos to our head coach who um basically benched our our best player for you know, some disciplinary reasons, and uh, knowing that it would affect the team, but uh, had to send a message to the young man, and uh, hopefully it makes us a stronger team going uh, going forward here. Yeah, you know what? I, I, uh, I'm sorry, I disagree. I don't even know the circumstances. He should not have benched him. No one's going to remember that benching. There's going to be no lessons learned, and it might get in, in the way of a championship run, which the kids would remember, so I'm sorry to disagree oh, with you. Though. You know what? <laughs> I agree, though. So. All right, there you go. Oh, man. <laughs> Tate, what about oh. you? You know basketball. <laughs> Tate, Tate, by the way, gave us, he told us to bet Notre Dame yesterday against UNC, and it, 
They covered, but didn't win, so it kind of worked out for you. Yeah, yeah I gave you the points. Well, uh, and I also said Virginia Tech, who got blown, Tech too? <laughs> yeah, they got blown oh up. Oh, my God, so, yeah. yeah. Don't, don't ever listen to my picks. I, I don't know what's going to happen. Hey, These are young kids. Hey, Harry. Yeah. Roy R- Williams would have played the guy, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Yep. He doesn't care, right? <laughs> he doesn't care. Uh, just kidding. He does. He's about the kids. Come on. We're all about the Paulie kids. Paulie kid, you're at the Chalk Talker, right? At the Chalk Talker. All right. Yep. And then Tate, uh, One Shining Podcast, uh, GM Street, winding down. Only a couple more, huh? Yeah. A few more with Michael Lombardi getting all the final takes on uh, the Patriots and all things around the league. I will say, you have Breeze, Brady, and then the two best offenses as far as the Monday night game that everyone went crazy about. It's good for football. It's excellent. Yep. It really is excellent. And, uh, yeah, listen to Tate and Lombardi. Lombardi actually knows his stuff. Uh, Jeff Schwartz <laughs> knows his stuff, too. He's coming up, his interview, right after this break. Hey, this year, set a realistic goal to wear a shirt that fits. From collar to cuff, every proper cloth shirt is made to order, so it's guaranteed to be unique to you. Just answer 10 simple questions to get your custom shirt size, then choose from over 20 collar styles, 10 cuff styles, and 500 fabric styles from classic to business to casual. The team at Proper Cloth works with the best fabric producers from around the world and only buys fabrics that meet their high expectations. Plus, each one of their shirts goes to extensive quality control testing so you're getting the absolute best quality and craftsmanship. Best of all, Proper Cloth guarantees a perfect fit, meaning if your shirt doesn't fit perfectly, they will remake it for free. This is the future of shirts, ladies and gentlemen. Looking better has never been this easy, and it starts at just $80. Stop wearing shirts that don't fit. Start looking your best with a custom-fitted shirt. Go to propercloth.com slash Sal today. Enter gift code Sal, S-A-L, to save $20 on your first shirt. Hey, here's a little insider travel secret from our friends at Hotel Tonight. There are tons of empty hotel rooms out there just waiting to be booked, and Hotel Tonight has partnered with these awesome hotels to help them sell those unsold rooms, which means you get incredible deals. Seriously, if you love scoring amazing hotel deals, you've got to try Hotel Tonight. Forget scrolling through never-ending lists. Hotel Tonight shows you a select list of incredible deals at cool hotels they think you'll love, and they even give short profiles of each hotel, complete with all the info you need and pictures of what the rooms really look like. Plus, even though their name's Hotel Tonight, they're not just for last-minute bookings. You could also book in advance, perfect for spontaneous weekend getaways, three-day weekends, staycations, road trips, business trips, booking a place with a pool, and more. So to start scoring amazing deals at incredible hotels, go to hoteltonight.com or download the app right now. Joining us now, you know him from Sirius XM, ESPN Radio, from the Action Network, one of the great football minds on social media. I'm not just saying that. He's a former NFL lineman, played eight years in the bigs, co-authored Eat My Schwartz with his brother, Mitchell, who happens to be playing this Sunday against the Patriots. Jeff Schwartz, thanks for coming on Against All Odds, pal. Oh, I'm glad to be here. And yeah, it's going to be a cold one on Sunday, but uh, it doesn't get better than this. You're heading out there, right? Give your brother some support? Yeah, and I've ordered every piece of thermal gear you could possibly order <laughs> and put on your body. Uh, I'll be in the crowd. I'll be in the stands. I'm not going to sit in a box. I want to feel the cold and feel the crowd. Yeah, I, got, I got everything. Thermal, long johns, thermal, head coverings, thermal everything. 
Good for you. I mean, it's all anyone will talk about. It's almost a shame because you have Patrick Mahomes, who set all kinds of records, 50 touchdowns, 50, uh, 5,000 yards against Brady. But all anyone wants to talk about is the sub-zero temperatures. <laughs> it almost doesn't seem fair. Which is funny because, like, it really doesn't affect the game unless there's wind. I mean, people overestimate. And I, I've been one of these. People overestimate what this does to a game, and it really doesn't unless it's windy. And if the wind is bad, then, yeah, it changes the game. Otherwise, it's just cold for everybody. But everyone plays generally to their abilities. And I've been analyzing this, too, because Clay Travis goes crazy on our show, Lock It In, talks about how the weather doesn't affect anything and everything. And then I've been looking and looking and looking. Just as far as points scored, there doesn't seem to be any correlation between the freezing cold weather and a, and a, you know, a deficiency in points. But, I mean, you would know better than anyone. What is it? Is it basically after the first hit, a first tackle? You're not getting tackled, but, you know, you're crunching heads in the uh, right there in the trenches. Is it that after that, it doesn't really matter? I know it probably hurts to fall and hit that frozen ground, right? So the only thing that bothered me when I played in the cold was my hands. So what I would do is I would go put my hands in that, in that blower on the sideline uh, before I go on the field. And I wouldn't get my legs warm or any of that. i just put my hands in there, get my hands warm again, and i go on the field. I was fine. But yeah, when you're playing, you don't feel the cold, really. It's when you're on the sidelines, um, mm-hmm. you know, when you're in between, even in between places, if there's a timeout. When you're playing, you're fired up. You've got your adrenaline going. Uh, it's not that bad. When it gets too cold, though, you know the ball becomes stiff, and, and maybe it's hard to, to pass the ball for quarterbacks. But otherwise, there really is. It shouldn't be an issue. And this field has the coils underneath it, so it shouldn't be frozen. Um, and uh, I don't. I don't think it will affect offenses very much, unless it like it gets to really be bitter. You know, bitter cold, zero degrees with with wind, ten to fifteen miles an hour. Then I think it changes anything. But if it's ten degrees. It's not a big deal, in my opinion. Well, they've been either way. It's been very exciting the playoffs so far. Do you like it when the top four offenses make the conference championship? It sort of means like the guys in the trenches are doing their jobs, right? Oh, I love it. Look, our game is now offense, and yes, you have to make stops on defense. You saw even this week the Patriots played good defense. Chiefs played good defense at home. Uh, look, defense. I mean, the Saints after the first two drives played played fine defense. You have to play some defense, but we know now the scoring is. The number one, and, and what I really love too is, you know, there was a con- you know contingent of people after the Chiefs and Rams game on social media. They were like, "Defense is completely dead. The NFL sucks." Blah blah blah. And then, right. you know, the Bears started playing well on defense. The Cowboys started playing well on defense. Everyone was back on the bandwagon of defense, and all those people now are completely quiet because, look, you have to have a quarterback, got to have an elite coach. Those are the two things uh, that win you Super Bowls now. I love following you on Twitter. First of all, we have a lot in common. You're uh, you're Jewish, so am I. My mother's Jewish. My father's uh, Italian Catholic. Um, what else do we have? Oh, we, we were both both born in July, early July. I looked that up, and uh, we both squatted 505 pounds in college. So that's good. I mean, it, it, it's hard for me to find someone uh, an equal like this. But no, I really enjoy your in-depth analysis of the offensive line, defensive line matchups because we don't get it enough on these cookie cutter shows. I'll include mine in there lock it in uh just in in terms of um you know they do surface analysis of the position players and the and the you know all the um all the uh fantasy football uh gems but not going into the line let me ask you this as far as gambling i know you're a gambler too i like to gamble i had trouble last week overestimating the chargers offensive line i overestimated now i think they had some injuries but i overestimated the colts offensive line I didn't expect the, the Rams offensive line to step up like they did the way uh, they did against the Cowboys. Did you see those mismatches coming? 
Well, yeah, I mean, the, the Chargers' right side of their offensive line is really poor. I, I bet the Patriots last year. I just thought too many people were way too on the Chargers um, who were making another another cross-country trip. Uh, and this is the Patriots at home in the playoffs. Like, this is what they do. They win these games. And there's a coaching mismatch as well. Uh, the Patriots' offensive line is kind of criminally underrated, and the Chargers have a, have a big issue. So the Patriots, what they did is they attacked, if you noticed, as the game kind of got long and, and the league got big, they just start attacking the right side of that offensive line with twisting guys. They bring a linebacker in and out mm-hmm. um, and just made things really tough. They, the, the, the left side, Okun was fine. Passing the center was fine. They just started screwing with the right side of the line of scrimmage, and it was a big issue. And against the Ravens, uh, when you're ahead, it's not a problem. It's when you're behind and have to start passing the balls when it really becomes an issue. So I, I had the Patriots, I mean, just like everyone else, I think. We, we, every, most everyone had good wild card weekends, and, and last week it was, was pretty rough. Yeah. And the and the Patriots knew that's the thing you know it at some point, right? I mean, the Patriots are the Patriots anyway, but they had like fourth and two and a half at the sixteen, easily could have gone for a field goal, and like that, they didn't even think twice. They're like, nah, we got these guys where we want them. Sony Michelle's going crazy. You could probably QB sneak it with Brady at this point, but uh, it must be a nice feeling when you have the confidence uh, that late in the game against a what what thirteen win team. I don't know how many wins the Chargers have. It's crazy. It was thirteen and three, but. That, you know, going for it now is, is a new trend. I mean, even Andy Reid, and I play with Andy, and my brothers, I know like, he's a conservative-ish coach. Kind of, you know, he's he's not conservative in the way he designs his offenses and in, in, in innovation. But like, he's not a, a coach who normally goes for it on fourth down. Now they go for it all the time. Everyone goes for it. McVay, like, even Jason yeah. Garrett, who during the season refused to go for it early in the season. Now, go, I mean, everyone's going for it now on fourth down. Might as well. Jason Garrett won't even line up on fourth and a, a yard at at the opponent forty-five to. to to fake a false start and offsides. He wouldn't even do that. He came, he came alive last week. I couldn't believe it all came up too short, but let me ask you this, because this is where, this is where the expertise comes in. Rank for me, the four remaining teams in terms of strength at the offensive line position, both like run support and pass blocking. So, I mean, look, shockingly, these offensive lines are really good because you don't get to this position typically with a poor offensive line. Uh, You know, the interesting part with this. So I I would, I would default to the Saints as, as number one, um, but their, their issues right now, they're just injured. So Teron Armstead, their left tackle, has a, a pec injury. He's been they're really dealing with, um, and you know it's been it's been tough for him. Uh, their right, their left guard, Andres Pete, has a hand issue. He had surgery that came out after the game. He had surgery during the bye and still tried to play with a busted hand. And he was a tough game. Aaron Donald this weekend. That's going to be rough. Max Unger, their center, good buddy of mine, Pro Bowler, three-time Pro Bowler, four-time Pro Bowler. Larry Warford, right guard, big, got a big contract doing well. And Ryan Ramchick got votes for ball parting. They're the most talented unit, and they've played well at times now. They didn't play terribly well the first uh, about 22, 25 minutes of that game. Against the yeah. Eagles, but, but they got to. So if they're, if they're healthy and playing well, they are the best offensive line. I think with the Rams, it's interesting. There was a lot of slander on Twitter about the Rams' offensive line heading into the Cowboys game. I thought the Cowboys would cover, but the Rams would win. The Rams offensive line came to play, man. I think they kind of heard some of that slander. Uh, Andrew Whitworth, 37 years old, left tackle, still balling. R- R- Rob Havasin, the right tackle, got, got all pro votes as well. Roger Staffold, the, the left guard. I mean, they're, they're all they're playing well. They they are more, I would say, they're the they're the second best offensive line right now uh, playing. But they're very scheme specific. Like they're very good at what they do. They're not very diverse at what they do. Right? They're not pulling anybody very often. They're not running. Man schemes just run a lot of zone. They're very good at what they do, which obviously is impressive. You want to be good at what your team yeah. does best. But they're not very diverse like the Saints are. And then I think you look at 
Let me stop you real quick. Do you what, what do you take any stock in the uh, reports that the Rams offense knew the Cowboys defensive schemes going in? So this is fantastic. So um, they found a young offensive lineman who was willing to talk about this because mm. it's, all this stuff is well known. There's no surprise. Um, the, the thing that the thing here's the thing that makes it um, where not everyone can do this. So you know we know tendencies, right? The Cowboys they ran more cover three this year, but they're you know they've been for a long time a cover two team. Which when you have a cover two defense, your your box is light, so you have to you have to slant your defensive linemen and move your linebackers to get every all the gaps filled, right? So we know mm-hmm. what they're doing. Two high safeties, the mics, the yard back. They're running a pilot. We know what they're doing. I call it all the time. It doesn't matter. Like they, they think they can move faster than you. But what, what the real challenge is, and this is why the best offense lines are the best, is you have to be able to get this information. You have to be able to, to, to know what it looks like. Then you have to hear the play call. You know, walk the line of scrimmage. You have to already know your assignment, correct? Like You can't be thinking about your assignment. Get in your stance. Gotta make your calls. And while you're doing all of that, you're listening to snap count. You remember the play, your assignment. Then you start looking at the defense, seeing what's happened to the defense. And then you can make a call. You know, like, so you have, to, you have to be able to do all these steps. So when your, your coach might come in that week and say, hey, this is what they do when they are in this alignment, but you can't handle all the steps to get there. That doesn't, you know, so you, you can't do it, right? So the best offensive line can do that. That's one of those teams that can handle all the things that happen to get to the point where you can say, look, here's what, here's what they're doing and how can I beat them knowing that I know what they're doing. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I understand. Well, what doesn't make sense is when uh, the guy who's calling our plays on defense, and I'm saying our, I'm a Cowboys fan, Chris Richard, you know, that all these reports come out, and I'm saying, well, this guy took head coaching uh, interviews all week when maybe he should have been preparing and keeping our secrets from the other team. But I, I, I think I'm just driving myself crazy with that. I think they can only take interviews on Sunday, right? Like they can only take interviews one day of the week in between games. I believe. Is that what it is? Okay. Well, then he was there all day Sunday. Let's just let's just we'll just agree with that. There's no surprise. There's no surprise. There's very little surprises, right? Like the Patriots did not surprise the Chargers. They just beat the Chargers up. Like they they didn't do anything they've never done before. They just said the Chargers, you're playing this this light little box here with seven DBs. Okay, we'll just run the ball. There's no surprise. Like right. so there's. It's not a lot of surprises, in my opinion. Well, since all right, so that was my next question. So we mentioned Mitchell Schwartz as your brother, offensive lineman for the Chiefs. Uh, you're heading out there this week. Do you scout these teams for him? Do you give him tips on how to best handle the Patriots' pass rush, or do you just keep quiet? No, uh, I used to, I used to, to maybe help him when he was younger. Um, but I mean, I haven't, I haven't faced any of the guys the Patriots are, are playing when I played. I, I don't watch film like from that perspective anymore where I'm scouting guys, but he is so bright, man. He, he yeah. is so intellectually um, intelligent. And he, he sees, he sees, he sees things that I did see when I played. He's able to use his hands and his past that different. I was, you know, we're, we were different players. So no, the only thing I help him with is, um, you know, you get limited replays of the plays. And if you notice after every play, the offensive line, everyone looks at the jumbotron to watch the play to see what happened. That's good right. information to have. So I'll text him during the, his game. So when he's done with his game, he can go to his phone and be like a running tally of what happened. But no, mm-hmm. like what happened on this play? And so I just preemptively text him that. But no, I don't. I mean, what am I, I going to tell him? Like Trey Flowers, he could be good when he rushed the pass. Like, he knows that. Right. Like no, it's no right. surprise. Um, Do you sense that he looks at these texts after the game, or he just goes like right to Candy Crush? He doesn't care. Oh no, he looks right. To, no, he answers me right away. He does. So, oh, that's like, good. That's yeah. good. No, I know he's looking. At, I know he appreciates <laughs> being able to at least understand what happens because that's one part that's frustrating about um, 
just playing in general. You know, you don't after a game, you don't you don't want to watch the film, but you want to watch. You want to know what happened. Like you want to have some closure. That's the problem with offensive line play. There's so many yeah. plays where you just don't know what happened afterwards. You're like, how did this happen to me? And you you want to watch the film, but not up yet. Nor do you want to watch the film after the game, anyways, on Sunday night. Right, you want to forget about it. Yeah, it's it's amazing what you two go through. Actually, I looked it up. You're the first Jewish brothers to play in the NFL since uh, Sterling and Shannon Sharp. So it's it's really amazing what you pull off. But let me ask you, is your brother a better run blocker or a pass blocker? And what about you? Would, would, are you the same? Uh, he is a fantastic pass blocker. Um, he has yeah. played Vaughn Miller now uh, six times in the last three years, and he's allowed two sacks, I want to say. Wow. Uh, and he faced Khalil Mack five times, and he faced him in 15, 16, 17, and he allowed one sack. Um, he's a study. I think this year he allowed two sacks and 20 pressures total. Um, he's a very, and he, sets, and he sets in a different way too than most guys do. He takes he, his set is actually more difficult to do, but he mastered it. It's a vertical set. It's called, I was more of the Mueller type. Like I was just like, I wanted my hands on you now. That was my mm-hmm. deal. And, and, um, yeah, we, uh, we play different games, but I mean, there's probably like 7,800 snaps in a row. It's pretty impressive. That's great. That's amazing, especially with a mobile quarterback like Mahomes. It's not a pocket quarterback who just gets rid of the ball after three seconds. To only allow two sacks the whole season is uh, pretty spectacular when he's got a lot of time running around uh, back there. Um, let me ask you this. We went back and forth about this a couple of weeks ago. One of the things, I hate the pylon rule where the ball is fumbled through the end zone. Hit, you, you, you let go of it for a quarter of a second. It touches the pylon. The other team gets the ball. I, I don't like that. Second worst. And it's not even a rule. I just wish they wouldn't call it that much. The illegal block that occurs when the ball carriers five yards beyond the illegal block. I think we saw it most recently, Chargers versus Ravens, almost cost the Chargers. Um, you say, I hadn't heard this, they're not really supposed to call it if it has nothing to do with the play. We talked about how it should be likened to um, just an uncatchable ball. Where like, yeah, he interfered with it, but it was uncatchable. Let's pick up that flag. I don't see them pick up that flag. You say they should, though. Well, they shouldn't call it. I mean, I very rarely will they ever call holding and pick it up. Um, yeah. But holding, so this is what people don't understand about holding. A couple of things. So holding, holding is supposed to be called um, only if it affects the play. So, you know, if, if you're running to the left, let's say, and the right tackle is holding the backside DN, and it really doesn't affect the play, they're not supposed to call it. It's only supposed to be affecting the play. You know? Right. And then another thing that people understand, too, is that it, it's a restriction. So, you're, you're restricting the defender from going where he wants to go. So it's not really where your hands are at. Like, I mean, I, I can you now, like, you can have his hand on his crotch. As long as he doesn't restrict him from moving, it doesn't matter. People often forget this. So it's it, because we, we all get, get taught holding his you know, hands outside the frame. No, not really. It's if you restrict him from moving. So if you're blocking a guy and your feet stop and your arms are outstretched and he's trying to get off you, that's a hold. But if you're running, if your arms aren't where they're supposed to be, your hands are not in the middle of the chest, they're like outside or something, and you're still moving your feet and you're, you're running with your guy, that's not a restriction. You're not restricting him from moving anywhere. So we, we social media doesn't, doesn't get that. <laughs> the rest of us understand how that works. Um, well, it's funny because you say social media doesn't get it, but I, I feel like the refs are more in tune with the pass interference calls, which are, which are as controversial as they could be, than they are more in tune than they would be with the offensive line hold calls. Like I feel like they never miss an offensive line call. In fact, even if, uh, if it's done downfield, they they'll call them, they'll be, you know, they'll, they'll call them when it's not even really there. So, yeah, but you're telling me there, there are strict guidelines to this and they should 
they should kind of be on the ball more with this, I feel. Well, it was about week 13. They decided to call more, like they decided to call more holdings this year. Right. They had decided that there were not enough being called this year, so we're just going to call more, which is, which is ludicrous. It, it's either a hold or it's not a hold. I mean, it's that simple. Right. And, and you can't just go ahead, in my opinion, just decide, um, just decide like, Hey, we're you know we're gonna we're gonna just call more holders. Like they're either there or they're not. You can't just decide, in my opinion, to to do that because because they're less being called less than usual. What do you think inspires that? Do you think the fifty four fifty one game and people a little bit as much as everyone loved that game, Rams Chiefs, there was a little bit of outrage of, of, about the high scoring games. You think do you think someone got together and said, all right, let's call a few more holding plays on offense? Yeah. Um, uh, you can say it. No one's going to fire you. It'll be fine. No, no, I'm not worried about. Trust me, I'm not worried about being fired. Um, no, I don't think so. I really think they looked at it and just decided that that there was just two. Like we, we have to be more consistent, maybe. And and I don't think it has to do anything with. There's still a lot of high scoring games end the season. Um, I just think they decided this is uneven and people are going to criticize us for this. I, I'm not sure it was a high score because it didn't happen after the Rams Chiefs game. It happened like week 13 or 14. It was 13. I, yeah, it was I, way I, after. I would have got it if it would have happened. You know, week week nine or 10, but scoring like usual in general kind of went down in December. Like like it happens every year. Right. Right. All right. Listen, uh, I'm running out of games to bet on. I mean, I, you know me, I love the money line parlays. I love stringing together seven big favorites in college pro. I can't do that anymore. Everyone's a three point favorite here. <clears throat> um, I think I took on the show today. I took like Portland trailblazers and Serena Williams. It's really getting, getting sad here. Give me a give me a winner. Give me a prop. Who explodes based on matchups? Do you like a Tyreek Hill? I don't have the over on the numbers here, or a Sony Michelle. You probably don't like as much. I, I don't know. What what do you like? What do you like as far as a singular player standing out this weekend? I tried a five team basketball money line parlay last night, and the team yeah. with like the biggest odds, Oklahoma City, lost four of the five one. Like. Really, Oklahoma City, like that's on down to betting money line NBA props. Now. By the way, we were talking about this. There were so many blowouts yesterday. The the bet to make, I think, is the favorite by twenty two or more points. You'll get three to one. You'll get seven to two, and you're you're going to hit on one or, or or two a night. I mean, it's crazy. That's I didn't think about that. Um, yeah, take Tyreek a look at that. Tyreek Hill right now is over eighty and a half yards. He is he is terrorized. Yeah, um, New England, and you have to think like New England. It can't stop everybody, and so I. Th- what I think they're going to do is, is fascinating. But I think they're going to spy Mahomes with one guy. So when he breaks the pocket, they don't commit everyone to him uh, mm-hmm. like other teams do. And then so I think they're going to try to take away Kelsey, the same thing the Ravens did. I think Tyreek Hill over eight and a half is is probably a good one. Um, I, I think if you look in, in the other game in the Rams and Saints, um, I, I think I think Ted Ginn's going to have to have a big game uh, because. Furman loves Tlaib, Ted Ginn, too. Yeah. Talib is back now, and so you have him on Thomas. And Ginn was open for touchdown the first play of the game. He would have he would have passed right. his prop on the first play. So I think Ted Ginn is not posted yet, but whatever his prop over is would, would be a good bet. Okay, and Tyreek Hill, you're right. I think he has like two, 275 yards in the last two games, four touchdowns. He just murders this Patriots team. And uh, he had, I think he had eight receptions last week. All right, that's all I need from you. That's great. I'm very excited. Jeff Schwartz, he's a great follow on Twitter. If you really want to become smarter about the game, follow him at Jeff Schwartz. He spells his name with a G. We'll forgive him for that. G-E-O-F-F Schwartz. You'll learn a lot more than you will uh, following me or Harry. Jeff, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it, pal. Oh, thanks for having me. All right, and good luck to you and your brother. Stay warm.
I will. I will. Take care. All right, that'll do it for another episode of Against All Odds. Hey, locking in Monday through Friday, Fox Sports 1, 4.30 to 5.30 Eastern. Watch Jimmy Kimmel Live, 11.35 tonight and every weeknight on ABC. That's that for the Degenerate Trifecta, Master Tate Frazier and Jeff Schwartz. I'm Sal saying so long and happy handicap. All right, let's talk about Hotel Tonight. By showing you top-rated hotels with unsold rooms, Hotel Tonight makes it easy to book your stay at an amazing rate. And even though their name's Hotel Tonight, you can book in advance. It's perfect for spontaneous weekend getaways, three-day weekends, staycations, road trips, business trips, or booking a place with a pool, and much more. So, to start scoring amazing deals at incredible hotels, go to hoteltonight.com or download the app now.